in today's show. We're looking ahead to the games on Monday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, 10 games coming up on Monday. We're going to talk about those games, what I'm watching for, waiver wire, streams, Category leagues, points leagues, let's do it. First game, the Nets and the Cavs. Joe Harris will be out once again. Nick Claxton will be out once again. Um, Bruce Brown is out with a hamstring injury. So a lot of Nets perimeter guys and, and big men out, obviously. Paddy Mills will get another start with Joe Harris out. He's playing at a really high level. The minutes are up. He is a 12-team league guy for the interim while Joe Harris is out, while Blake Griffin, I just want to watch Griffin because he just looks bad most games. Um, still no Claxton, obviously. Aldridge is the preferred player there. But you know, is Griffin ever going to improve or play more minutes or will they ever make the move to just start Aldridge and play him 28 minutes a night? It doesn't appear like they're going that way. Um, and then how Griffin looks when Claxton eventually comes back is going to be really, really intriguing. Well, for the Cavs, Jarrett Allen is off the injury report, as is Lowry Markkinen. So how Allen fares against his former team? How much does he actually play after being out with this non-COVID illness will be interesting to watch. And then what does it mean for Dean Wade, whose last couple of games have been pretty impressive? Big numbers, but of course, Markkinen and Allen returning, along with Kevin Love being there, probably does hamper him somewhat. Now, I guess he is helped by the fact that the discman, Chetty Osman, is likely to be out. He is doubtful in this game. So that probably puts a little bit of a dent in... um, not a dent. It probably removes the dent from Dean Wade, gives him a couple of extra minutes there. But he does not look to me to be a 12-team league player. The Hornets and the Wizards. Terry Rozier just has not looked himself. And one theory that I've had for many years in fantasy basketball, and I haven't really tested it, I probably should, is that when players suffer ankle injuries, they tend to come back, or ankle injuries that cost them time, they tend to come back um, too soon, and it ends up impacting them for the rest of the season. I think that might have been why Ja Morant was so bad last season after he came back. It happened in the past to De'Aaron Fox, to Jimmy Butler, Ricky Rubio, going back like five, six years. When they have these significant ankle injuries, they come back too soon, and then their shot is off and everything's off. And I reckon that might be happening to Rogier this season. Now, he was never going to maintain what he did last year, but he just looks bad. And he's not a droppable player yet. I'd like to see some positives from Terry. I also don't think that Mason Plumley is worth holding. We still don't have PJ Washington back for this game. He'll be back really soon. But can Plumley do anything to change my mind? It's unlikely, but let's give him a chance. And then for the Wizards, the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma. He's getting lots of opportunities. I wouldn't say he's really taking them with both hands and, and grasping them. Uh, I know a lot of people will disagree, and they think Kuzma's awesome. For what reason, I don't know. But he's not a top 120 player this season, despite the absences of Rui Hachimura. Um, And when Rui eventually does return, it's going to have some impact on Kuzma, even if Kuzma does remain starting. Gafford was a bit disappointing last game. 
how the minutes between Gafford and Harrell look uh, remain something that I'm always interested in. And I think there was some issues with fouls for Gafford last game, but do we go back to that 24-24 split that we saw a couple of games before Gafford's thumb issue? The next game is the Rockets and the Celtics. Second time these two teams are meeting up. We're going to um, pay attention to our Andrew Globerman. Alperen Sengun, who I thought looked great last game against the Knicks. Uh, will your mate Steven Silas at least let him play 20 minutes a night? Well, how does the Tice wood Sengun situation break down? Well, Jalen Green, the last couple of games have been, I guess, some positives for Green. Hasn't looked awesome, but he's been improving. Um, I'm still holding him quite clearly. Let's see what he can produce against Boston. Well, Jason Tatum's last few games have been excellent. We talked at length about him being a buy low because you know, the shooting numbers were just so crazily low. Now, they're pushing up too high at the moment, and it's going to settle somewhere. He still takes some bad shots, but they're going in. And everything else with his game looked all right. Well, Al Horford, we've seen the numbers really start to decline, which, again, was always expected. You weren't expecting Al Horford to remain a top 15 player, blocking two and a half shots a game with 12 boards, which is what he did for like the first week or so. So that has started to come back to earth. But what does his role look like on this team? For the Thunder and the Hawks, Thunderhawks, what a cracking name that is. Um, Jeremiah Robinson, he'll move to the bench last game, but played more minutes than Derek Favors, 27. If he gets 27 a night, I'm adding him in all 14-team leagues. And I think he's a 12-team league ad. Do they push him back to starting in this game? How does he look in those minutes? I'm really impressed with what Joe Rogan's providing. While, of course, uh, your mate, my mate, Lou Dort. No, my son is also named Bort. Really, really strong run of high-scoring games, and then it sort of fell off, which was to be expected because his field goal percentage and efficiency was through the roof, and that's just not who he is. You know, can he bring some of that back? That's really, really keen. I'm really keen to watch that to see where he fits. While for the Hawks, last game, the Italian cock Danilo Gallinari got more minutes than Bogdan Bogdanovic. Will that be an ongoing thing? I highly doubt it, but let's see what Gallinari's role is. And also, fan of pants Kevin Herter. People have not jumped on to adding him in 12-team leagues, and they should have. Um, he's going to continue to start, and I think it would just be useful. He's not a high upside player by all, no means. But for the short term, the next seven weeks, while Hunter is out, yeah, sure, Kevin Herter should be... Uh, should be on a uh, on a 12-team league roster in that scenario. And I'll tell you what else should be on your 12-team league roster. That is Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, offering more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all of the superstar players as well as just the bench guys with limited minutes. What you do is you get four to five guys. You choose an over-under prop. They've got everything. Points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals. Fantasy points. Combine four to five of those into one lineup, and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. But before you do that, when you sign up, use the promo code NBA, and you get a 100% match deposit bonus up to $100. It's not just basketball, though. You can combine sports. NFL, in with NBA, in with NHL. Put them all into one lineup. It takes under 60 seconds to put an entry together, and withdrawals are fast and safe. So head to pricepicks.com or use their award-winning app. Use the promo code NBA for that deposit match bonus. And enjoy it. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. You know this problem. Live sports, you watch somewhere. You watch your on-demand favorites in another spot. You watch your highlights on your phone, and then you've got to get someone else's login to access the other good stuff. Well, I'm here to tell you that it's ridiculous. It's a, it's a schmozzle. It's a complete cluster something. I probably can't swear on these ads, so I'm not going to do it. But I'm going to tell you about a simple way to finally get all the entertainment you love in one spot and get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your on-demand and live TV shows and favorites all together in one place so you can watch your favorite TVs, TV shows, movies, and sports all in one place. 
That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of your clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Let's look at the next game. The Timberwolves and the Pelicans. Jared Vanderbilt has been playing a pretty good role. Starting power forward, getting some backup center minutes, blocking shots, getting rebounds, getting some steals. I do think he's at least a 12-team streamer, but how the McDaniels-Vanderbilt-Reed minutes continue to look will be interesting. I don't think there's going to be significant consistency in those minutes. And yeah, Vanderbilt and McDaniels in particular can really get into foul trouble. And that does impact that. So how that rotation looks will be key. Well, Malik Beasley, she's not, he's, he's not a 12-team league guy, right? He's an interesting streamer if someone gets hurt for points and threes. But he's really regressed, hasn't he? This is sort of the role I thought Beasley would have last season, but he didn't. He really outperformed expectations until he had that hamstring problem. But now he's sort of settling into the role, which I think is probably the right role for him. On the Pelicans, Kyra Lewis Jr. has been awesome the last two games. You know that I'm a big believer in Lewis, and he's been really disappointing up until this spot. I still hold out faith that he can be a starting NBA point guard. Not this season, maybe not in two years. But I still think he can get there. Um, the key to me will be if Devontae Graham plays, will they keep Lewis as the backup? Or will Willie Green sit him out again and have Sadoransky run that second unit? I'd be pretty disappointed if it was Sadoransky, especially given where this team is headed. But Lewis um, was being, has been impressive. Can he translate that into regular minutes? Well, Brandon Ingram, I just want to watch him because I, I think he's been disappointing. Like, he hasn't been horrendously disappointing. But he hasn't been blowing us away. The efficiency hasn't been there. So let's see what diet of shots is Ingram taking and can he get his season, I guess, back on track. Or Not that it's really even started, to be fair. The Pacers and the Bulls. Justin Holiday started the last game for Chris Duarte. Will that continue? Will Holiday become a steals and threes streamer? Yeah, that's probably best case for him. I don't think he's a 12-team league ad. But more importantly, it's those minutes between Holiday and Keelan Martin and Chris Duarte and then Karis LeVert. I, I can swear on my own show, but kids, cover your ears. What the fuck is going on with this guy? Not that he's a bad shooter, because he is not a good shooter. Like We have seen six, seven years of history of that. Um, but under 20 minutes, two consecutive games. One of those was a... Well, they were both blowouts in opposite directions, but still, he's getting significantly fewer minutes than your Brogdons and Sabonis and even Miles Turner. He's not playing well. He's not a drop, but... He's like... He's like a slightly better Kevin Porter at this stage, and that's not good. So I want to see if he can get things back on track. Well, for the Bulls, Derek Jones Jr. providing some nice defensive stats. What's his role? How much center does he play? And then the Bald Eagle, Alex Caruso. Uh, I believe he's a must-roster player, uh, especially when you're looking for steals with some assists. His minutes remain high, and I don't really uh, see that changing too much here. The Magic and the Bucks. Jalen Suggs, bigger role the last couple of games with Cole Anthony out. I thought he looked pretty good. I am still holding him until at least the end of this month. Let's see whether he can string a couple of or three good games together in a row. And then Roderick Hampton Jr. With um, Cole Anthony out last game, Hampton played more minutes and looked great. Now Gary Harris is also potentially out. I think there's a real opportunity for Hampton to stake his claim. Literally, he should be playing these minutes ahead of Harris anyway. And it was frustrating to see him play like 14 a night. But if Harris and Anthony are out, do we get Roderick and Suggsy starting together? I'm very intrigued to see what RJ can do. For the Bucks, Punch Bob has been awesome. He's been putting up great numbers. He's obviously a must-roster player. Can he continue at this level? Probably not. But let's see what he can do. Let's see how his defense looks. So that's pretty key, I think, for him maintaining a starting role. And then Pat Connaughton, who has been just hovering outside the top 100 all season. Lots of reasons for that. Absences of Lopez, Middleton, and Holiday have helped. On a healthy team, 
yeah, where does he sit? Like, not this high, but for now, he's at least giving us some streaming value. The Spurs and the Suns. Mikhail Bridges, perfect last game, which is great because he's been a little bit disappointing. I think the defensive stats are going to come. He's still an elite defender, like absolutely an elite defender. The defensive stats just aren't there yet. Uh, offensively, I'm not really sure he's going to get gigantic usage, but I'd like to see a little bit more like we saw last game from him. And then JaVale McGee. Um, he's been really good the last couple of games as the backup to Aiden. Frank Kaminsky's out indefinitely. That doesn't change anything to me. They weren't going to run three centers consistently. McGee still gets the 15 to 16 minutes that Aiton doesn't play. But can he maintain this high level of permanent production? That's going to be interesting to see whether he at least has you know, low-volume stream value. For the Spurs, of course, I want to watch Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. Now, last game was a disaster for him and for the entire Spurs team. So I'm not looking at that game, oh, he was shit out because everyone was. And the game before that, White was good. But... The usage is well down. The percentages are well down. Can he get his usage and percentages to go up together? I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'd like to watch that. And then also, how Devin Vassell's minutes look. Does Vassell get that 30 to, or 28 to 30 a night, irrespective of White's play? Or is it just that Vassell steps up when White struggles? That is a key question, I think, here. Uh, on to the Grizzlies and the Jazz, which is the uh, last game of the day. No, it's not the last game. It's the second last game of the day. Desmond Bain. With Brooks and Melton out, he's playing well. Now, whether Brooks and Melton play in this game at this point is uh, undecided. I'm just going to double-check that to make sure I'm not talking out of my ass. Yep, we don't know whether they're going to play. Can Bain maintain value? Didn't mean for that to rhyme, but here we are. And Steven Adams, I had him as a droppable player on the Waiver Wire show earlier today. I stand by that. But I just want to see, like, is this a spike game? Does He has a good one, and then he has three shitties in a row. I, I don't know. I just want to sort of get an idea, but the pattern for his minutes has been pretty rough to establish. Well, for the Jazz, Rudy Gay, one great game, one stinker. That sort of gives you an idea that he's not a 12 or a 14 team league player, but I think he does have a role in how he impacts Clarkson and Ingles in that bench. And even your mate, the worst, Hassan Whiteside, the worst, not the white, the worst. Just again, always have to stress that. The worst. How does Whiteside fit with Gay, how much Gay at center do we get? I don't think we've got really any of that at all this season, but how does that look? And then this is the last game of the night before we get into streams. Um, the Sixers and the Kings, Tyrese Maxey. All right, so just every game he's going to be a 50% three-point shooter, apparently. That's how things are going. He's going to come out here and have like 12% shooting, and we're going to go, oh, all right. But he's rolling. The sell high window is open until he has a stinker, and he's just not having stinkers. So I want to see Maxi, and also how they use Matisse Thibel, who was one game back after COVID, um, was really in foul trouble in that game in limited minutes, but will they just start him over Danny Green? Danny Green's out still, and or he might be out, sorry, he's, he's out, out the last game. But they did start George Nyang in that spot. Will they go back to Thibel if Green is out? How does that look? And then for the Kings, of course, new coach time. No Luke Walton. Now, the, every time a coach is fired, everyone will go, well, what, what changes, Josh? Do I just go grab these guys? And very rarely in season do coaches make gigantic rotation changes. Very rarely. Gentry had already been there, right? He's there as the assistant coach. He's there talking to Luke Walton, and he's having impact put in all these things. So while the motivation of players might change slightly, we might get an increase in pace. Gentry was notorious for playing super high up-tempo for the Pelicans, whereas Luke Walton came in, saw a team be successful play with a high pace, and said, no, guys, I know better. We're going to get one of the fastest players in the league, De'Aaron Fox, and make him play really slow. That was the brilliance of Luke Walton as a head coach. So does Gentry just say, all right, unleash, and let's just go like, like balls to the wall? 
that's a possibility, but I don't think it means, well, now we're getting 35 minutes of Rashawn Holmes and Darren Fox is going to be top 20. Um, I, I don't know that that means. It might, but especially initially, I wouldn't expect gigantic changes. But don't trade away Fox. Don't trade away Holmes, right? Things could improve and we might not get the stupidity of having Tristan Thompson take minutes from Holmes or to see Fox not have anything to do in a half-court offense, which is what's been happening. There might be some changes, but it'll be probably subtle and it'll probably be slow. But we want to see exactly what does go on there with Alvin Gentry in his first game for the Sacramento Kings. If it's your first Thanksgiving, which it isn't, but if it is, head to um, Bilt Bar because why would you bother with delicious tasting desserts, but they're so high calorie? Do we all just want to load ourselves up with sugar and calories and fat? You probably said yes, but maybe you don't. And if you don't, Bilt Bar is a great alternative. 130 calories per bar, what? A slice of pie is like 400 plus. You have three built bars for the for the calorie cost of one pie. Make it a new Thanksgiving tradition in your house by getting delicious built bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low in carbs, low in fat, low in sugar, but high in protein. And there's so many great flavors, including the new pumpkin and the new vanilla cream flavors. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you can save 15% off. Make built bar your new holiday Thanksgiving dessert tradition. Okay. Let's go on to some stream options now. There is no back-to-back streams because there's no Monday, Tuesday back-to-back game. So in terms of nine category leagues, these are guys who I think we can add. We're looking at Jared Vanderbilt, DeAndre Bembry, who started last game with Durant out, but remember Brown is out. So do they go back to Bembry? They might go back to um, James Johnson in that spot, um, but Bembry's an option. Pat Mills, Kevin Herter, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Daniel Tice, and Cam Reddish. I think they're all good options. For deeper leagues, we're looking at Bembry, Campaign, Naz Reed, Danilo Gallinari, Herbalife Jones, and KJ Martin. And then in points leagues, we've got big uh, Glauberman himself, Alperen Sengun, Devin Vassell, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Chemezi Metu, and Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter. That will do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give me a thumbs up on YouTube. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.